0: All Music Radio, Washington, D.C., your host Mike Fortune. Today's podcast Coronavirus, we open too soon. Way too soon. 45,000 increases. 45,000 people contracted coronavirus on last Friday. America's largest one day increase ever. There were 45,255 additional COVID-19 cases reported across the nation on Friday, bringing the total to more than 2.5 million cases, according to Johns Hopkins University uh, data. Cases are growing by 5% or more based on seven-day averages in 34 states across the U.S., including Arizona, Texas, California, Florida, and Nevada. On All Music Radio we'll be right back after this word.
1: The station for the lost but loved, for the free and forgiven. Playing music that encourages you to live by faith and not by fear. All Music Radio.
0: All right, we're back on All Music Radio. Okay, we're going to bring some reports regarding these increases in in a coronavirus. It's it's crazy. You know, the president, he had the Raleigh and Tulsa. Six to eight people of the Vance team were tested positive after the Tulsa event. Raleigh, more than two dozen Secret Service agents had to be quarantined, believing they had in fact been tested positive for coronavirus. In spite of that, he still wants to have the convention in Florida and doesn't want people to wear masks and, and, and doesn't want social distancing. Now, these are two criteria that the CDC says will help uh, maintain the spread of coronavirus. So you have your health officials saying one thing and the president saying another. There is no national standard that people are abiding by. And it's it's ridiculous. We're gonna bring some reports from Florida in terms of their surges after reopening on our music radio, Washington D.C. Here we go.
1: Some call this a reckless reopening. Others a much-needed reboot of the economy. But Florida has now shattered its own record with over five thousand new COVID nineteen cases reported in a single day. State officials say increased testing is partly responsible for the alarming surge in a state where over 3,000 people have lost their lives. Since reopening, Florida has seen younger people infected, increased hospital admissions and less social distancing, all of which doctors say shows a dangerous trend.
2: It's truly an increase in the percent of people who are becoming infected with this virus, and that's serious. And it will infect anybody, any age, any belief system, any political uh, uh, viewpoint, whatever. The virus doesn't care about any of that. It simply wants to get from one host to the other.
1: Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has issued orders on social distancing and reducing occupancy at newly opened businesses, but has refused to mandate the use of masks.
3: I think we
0: just got to trust people that You know, give them an opportunity to do do the good things, uh, make good decisions. Uh, I think that that tends to work better uh, than
4: to mandate this, mandate that.
1: Here in Miami-Dade County, officials are taking a different approach now, requiring masks to be worn in public at all times. They say those rules are zero tolerance. The message here then is one of enforcement and not guidance. Although there's no talk of a second shutdown. Other critics accuse the governor of manipulating data to make the case for reopening Florida's economy. One former employee has now built her own coronavirus website after being fired by the Florida Department of Health. She says she was no longer willing to massage the data. The state says she didn't listen to her superiors.
2: I don't need to be the person who's manually gone in and changed data to say,
5: hey, this is the most trusted resource for information in this state. And it says that it's safe, because it didn't. Um, so now i do it again.
1: Officials say younger people getting the virus means shorter hospital stays. But in a state with a large elderly population, Florida is facing a potentially deadly resurgence of the coronavirus. Andy Gallagher, Al Jazeera, Miami, Florida.
0: All Music Radio, Washington, D.C. You know, not wearing masks, but idiotic as can possibly be. We're gonna play something else in terms of what Florida just recently did. As for more of about Florida's
6: response, I spoke with Ben Konark, who covers healthcare for the Miami Herald earlier today. Ben, where is Florida now in responding to the surge in coronavirus cases?
2: Um, I think it's really kind of we're starting to see the state respond now. Um, a lot of their response earlier was focused on nursing homes, protecting the elderly, and you know, focused on reopening. Um, and we did a project here at the Miami Herald that looked at what we could see in the data as the state was reopening. And what we found was that we didn't really meet these criteria that the CDC recommended when we reopened. Public health experts were concerned at the time. Um, And then there was a month or so where it was pretty muted, I would say, as far as the case numbers. Down here in South Florida, we always had a lot. Um, But in other parts of the state, it was um, pretty quiet until very recently.
6: You're in Miami-Dade County. Uh, Fourth of July is coming up. What are the plans?
2: Well, the uh, county mayor here just announced that they're going to be closing all the beaches for July 4th weekend. Um, So everyone found that out late last night. Um, That was after a dramatic increase in the case number statewide. We saw nearly 9,000 cases yesterday, which was dwarfs, anything we had seen before that. Um, So there was a lot of tension that had been building up over the last week. We were seeing these cases jump, and everyone was kind of wondering how bad it was going to get. We still don't know that, uh, that, you know, the numbers we saw yesterday, the numbers we saw the day before that really reflect infections that started affecting people, you know, a week or more ago. Um, you don't only have the lag for getting a test result, but then you have a lag when the state processes that processes that test result. So you really have to look at it one week at a time. And the last week was certainly an alarming one.
6: And how easy is it to get the information from the health department or the state? How transparent is the process? How kind of real time are you accessing all the numbers in Florida?
2: Yeah, so I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't speak for all journalists, but I think I can speak for most journalists when I say it's been a frustrating experience getting information from the health department and the governor's office. Um, our newspaper, the Miami Herald, has had to sue the state to get information on nursing homes, and, and we, you know, we were able to succeed with that. Um, so it's it's been an ongoing process. Now, the state does release a lot of data, um, but that shifts around; it's so always a moving target. And and when the metrics start to look bad, we're told to focus on something else. So,
6: and now at the same time, uh, Miami-Dade County is seeing an increase in West Nile virus cases as well.
2: Yeah, that is you know that's not uncommon down here, um, but that is absolutely concerning. I mean, mosquitoes are very um, omnipresent in Miami. Um, there's been Zika down here before. We're seeing dengue already down in the Keys. This is a, a tropical climate, and there are a lot of infectious diseases here. Um, and you know that also brings me to hurricanes. We're entering hurricane season, which is always, you know, even in, in a normal year, it's a challenge for Florida. And Florida's gotten really good at preparing and responding to hurricanes, but we've never done it during a pandemic. Um, or I guess we have, like a century ago, but it's been a while. So that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. And and I think it's a concern for a lot of public health experts that given how much transmission there is, um, you know, sheltering people in gyms in, in close confined places could be really bad.
6: Right. Ben Conard from the Miami Herald. Thanks so much.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: All Music Radio, Washington, D.C. So, you know, you're getting some sense about <laughs> first they open, now they got to close, you know, uh, the, the beaches were open, now they got to close, you know, so th- this thing, this thing, that, this that thing is real in terms of, you know, What's going on? Um, it, you, you just can't. You you just can't play with this thing. I, I just don't understand them. You got the medical pef- people telling you, and you still not playing. It's still not, you know, making any sense.
7: The Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions will please come to order. First, this is from some Congress. Administrative matters based on the advice of the attending physician and the sergeant at arms after consulting with the Department of Health and Human Services and the Centers for Disease Control. Individuals in the hearing room are seated six feet apart. As a result, there's no room for the public to attend in person. Representatives of the press are working as a pool. The hearing may be watched online. An unedited recording will be available on our website, www.help.senate.gov. All of our witnesses today are participating in person. We thank you for that. Some senators are participating by video conference. Uh, before I make my opening statement, I'd like to say a word about masks. The Office of Attending Physician has advised us that we may remove our masks and talk into the microphone as long as we're six feet apart. So that's why my mask is off right now, because I'm six feet away from everybody else. But like many other senators, uh, when I'm walking the hallways or on the Senate floor, I'm wearing a mask. People wear masks because CDC has said, quote, simple cloth coverings slow the spread of the virus and help people who may have the virus and do not know it from transmitting it to others.
0: They forgot to tell uh, Trump his the same CDC that put the guidelines out. He's not even leading by example. We'll give you the um, Miami mayor's reaction to upswing of COVID-19 there this was about
3: two hours ago on music radio washington dc here we go we're joined now by the mayor of miami francis suarez mayor thank you for joining us this morning your city has seen such a spike in cases over the last couple of weeks now the hardest hit part of florida is the surge too strong to control
4: we're doing everything that we can george to control it you know you know our hospitals are starting to get stressed in terms of uh the number of people that are hospitalized Uh, WE JUST IMPLEMENTED LAST WEEK A MASK IN PUBLIC RULE. Uh, WE ALSO PASSED FINES ASSOCIATED WITH THE MASK IN PUBLIC RULE. AND THEN YESTERDAY I JUST ANNOUNCED uh, FOR BUSINESSES THAT ARE NOT FOLLOWING THE PROTOCOL AND THE RULES THAT THEY'RE GOING TO BE SHUT DOWN FOR 10 DAYS FOR THE FIRST OCCURRENCE, 15 DAYS THE SECOND uh, OCCURRENCE, AND 30 DAYS THE THIRD OCCURRENCE TO PENALIZE uh, BUSINESSES THAT ARE NOT FOLLOWING THE RULES. SO WE'RE DOING EVERYTHING WE CAN IN MIAMI. To make sure that we can stop this spread, we had 6,900 new cases last week. Uh, two days uh, where we had 1,500 new cases in one day, which was three times the high water mark of, of, of April, and then 2,000, 2,100 new cases uh, later that week. So uh, we're doing everything we can to, to reverse the trend.
3: Did you reopen too quickly? And how do you explain so many people in your city flouting the rules?
4: You know, the city of Miami was actually the last city in the entire state of Florida to open. I got criticized at the time uh, for taking too long, some some said. Uh, I think what happened was the minute that we opened, it was like it never had, a, you know, it was like COVID didn't exist. And people just uh, forgot. And, and in some cases are still forgetting. Um, you know, they, they're they're upset that, uh, you know, that I've implemented a I'm mask in public rule. Uh, they're upset that, that we're implementing some of these rules. But we're trying to do that Uh, In a surgical way, so that we don't have to uh, undo some of the openings that we've done. And we're doing it also so that we don't have to reimplement a stay at home order, which was extremely effective in late March and early April, but it also crippled our economy uh, in ways that only uh, a stay at home order can do. So we're trying to balance, uh, you know, not going backwards with understanding that. you know, that this disease is incredibly efficient at spreading.
3: So if you're going to avoid a stay-at-home order, do you need a mandatory, a rule to have masks mandatory for the entire state, not just the city of Miami?
4: Listen, I, I, if, the governor asked, if the governor asked me for my opinion, I would urge that. Um, I don't see the difference in telling people that you should wear a mask from mandating it. Uh, To me, it's no different than telling people that they have to wear a seatbelt. Um, You know, if you get in a car accident, it's not a guarantee that you're going to make it out alive. But a seatbelt increases your chances tremendously of getting out alive. And so for me, wearing a mask in public is no different. You know, it doesn't guarantee you're not going to get COVID, but it increases your chances tremendously. So for me, uh, as mayor of of a city that's that's dealing with this crisis, it's a no-brainer. And uh, and I would hope that that eventually it becomes a no brainer in the state.
3: You've got a July 4th weekend coming up. A lot of people are gonna wanna be out partying.
4: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, And so, you know, we decided to close our beaches here in in Dade County. And we think that that's the prudent decision because even though it is summer and and maybe uh, there are some claims that the virus isn't spread as as quickly uh, in heat, we haven't seen any evidence of that. In fact, quite the contrary. Uh, people are, are congregating, they're having a good time, they're partying, and uh, they're spreading the, the disease incredibly efficiently. And it's, it's starting to stress our hospital system.
3: Mayor, thanks for your time this morning. I know you had COVID earlier during this crisis. Hope you're feeling better now.
4: I am. Thanks, George.
3: Great. Take All Music hey, you Radio, GBA Washington, D.C. Here, here we go. Out, are you- We're going to go ahead and uh,
0: get a uh, doctor from uh, Texas. He said patients are near death coming in too late. Uh, on all music radio washington dc here we go
8: that's the first one for today <laughs> so that was we had to change the tube and in somebody that has no oxygen he could have died his tube was malfunctioning it has a little balloon at the end that was ruptured so he was not getting enough oxygen
5: That is the head doctor at Houston's United Memorial Medical Center in action, the hospital transforming into a sort of coronavirus specialty center as the positivity rate in Houston has increased 10 percent, according to the city's mayor. Joining me now, Dr. Joseph Aron. Doctor, great to have you with us. Uh, Many people likely saw you in that great piece from our colleague Miguel Marquez yesterday. Um, One of the things that we saw yesterday was that your hospital was nearing capacity, 117 beds. Where do you stand this morning?
8: Well, unfortunately, you know, the COVID unit is uh, is full this morning. We're hoping to be able to discharge some patients. But, uh, you know, things escalated fairly fast since Miguel came to, to see us over the weekend.
5: So you're now full? I mean, that seems like pretty fast, yes. But that seems, I mean, almost exponential that in the span of, what, 48 hours that happened?
8: That is correct. I mean, we, we went uh, full. We are uh, we're expected now to even open another area. We're going to be able to accommodate another 30 patients just because all of our COVID beds are full.
5: Do you have the staff? Do you have everything that you need for those 30 beds? I know you yourself been working more than 100 days straight at this point.
8: Yeah, you know, and that's a problem. You can have all the beds in the world that you have. If you don't have the staff, that's not going to help you. It is difficult to get the staff. Our uh, staff is overworked. They are tired. Uh, and we're trying, we're trying to recruit and recruit and recruit, but that is becoming a very difficult uh, task.
5: You're also doing a significant amount of testing at your hospital, more than 85,000 tests. We saw the line of cars yesterday in the early morning hours lining up for people coming in. The positivity rate that you're finding is 16.5 percent?
8: That is correct. That's the most recent numbers that we have. And, you know, and, and in uh, specific populations, we actually have seen even a higher rate. About a month ago, we tested the Mexican consulate, and we found 20 percent among them. And now we tested again the Mexican consulate this uh, last weekend, and we're just waiting to get the results back. But I expect it's going to be higher.
5: What do you attribute that to?
8: Well, again, I mean, there are too many reasons. One of them is that, uh, I mean, Hispanic American people, uh, African American people, are very uh, warm people. You know, they like to hunt, they like to kiss. Uh, there is not too much of social distancing. That's the reason why we tend to see higher levels of positivity uh, among them.
5: You're also in terms of what you're seeing. So there are the higher positivity rates. There are you know, certain areas of population that are impacted more. What are you seeing, though, from the patients that are coming in now? Are you seeing a change at all in their symptoms, how they're presenting from what you saw in the early days of the pandemic?
8: Absolutely. I mean, when you look at what I'm seeing now, patients are coming in 10 times sicker than when they were, let's say, eight weeks ago. 10 times sicker. People are waiting a little too long to come into the hospital. And by the time they come to me, they are near death.
5: Wow. So so they're coming in sicker. I know you were having more issues with oxygen. We heard something similar uh, from a doctor in Miami just this morning who said they're having more oxygen issues and specifically in younger
8: people. We have. I mean, we have seen throughout. I mean, that you know, age is really not a limited factor. And somebody uh, that would think that a young is going to do better than an old. I mean, we have seen it throughout. I have seen the young, for example, personal trainer with no health issues that gets very, very ill. And I've also seen a 92-year-old person with cancer everywhere that leaves the hospital in one piece. So age is not too much of a factor. What we're seeing is we're seeing uh, that this illness has no mercy against any kind of gender, age or race or race.
5: The virus is the virus and it's going to impact uh, yep. everyone as we've learned. So what's your message then, you know, whether it's people in the community or the people who are making the decisions at the top locally at a state level on the federal level. Do you think the measures being put in place are going to help slow or even stop the spread at this point?
8: You see, the problem is that uh, the cow is out of the barn. <laughs> I mean, it is too late. There are already too many people out there that have the virus. The only way by which we will be able to contain or flatten this curve is by getting people to have a little common sense. That means if you don't have to be out there, don't be out there. Don't, go, don't leave your house if you don't have to. If you gotta work, then make sure that you have your social distancing use your face mask, wash your hands, you know, simple little things. But, you know, allowing mass gatherings, uh, doing those kinds of things, they're not going to help
5: us. Dr. Varone, appreciate you joining us again this morning. Appreciate everything that you were doing there in Houston, uh, especially for the last 100 plus days. We'll continue to check in with you. Thank you.
0: All oh, Music Radio. Look, we're at in the U.S. two million five hundred ninety. Five hundred eighty-two cases, deaths one hundred twenty-six thousand one hundred forty-one. Now, a lot of medical folk think that that number could be five to ten times higher than what's reported. Okay, so those numbers may not be accurate. Worldwide, ten million three hundred two thousand eight hundred sixty-seven deaths. Five hundred five 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 hundred thousand five five eighteen deaths globally. You know, uh, European Union is about to reopen to allow, you know, visitors from outside the country to come. But because the surge is so great in the U.S., no U.S. citizen will be allowed in. That's how bad it is, okay? Uh, Let's see here. We are going to play another video where 28 members of the same family tested positive with coronavirus. Here we go.
9: JOINED NOW ON THE PHONE BY RICHARD GOURAI, ONE OF THE 28 MEMBERS OF ONE SOUTHERN CALIFORNIA FAMILY WHO TESTED POSITIVE FOR CORONAVIRUS uh, he joins me on the phone. We had a little bit of a technical issue, as you know, happen these days. So I'm sorry you're joining me on the phone, Richard, but I'm glad you're here. And I'm so sorry uh, about your loss. So our viewers know you lost your father to coronavirus the day before Father's Day. Uh, truly heartbreaking. And I am so sorry. Um, the, the, what, what has happened to your family, Richard? Can, can, you, can you tell me about the moment when you realized that this virus really has had spread through your family?
10: Um, hi. Thank you, uh Thank um, I just wanted to say thank you for your condolences. Um, we, I noticed when uh, I was actually in the hospital when I got all the information um, from my wife and she told me that my father had been transported to, to the hospital. I found out that my kids, ages five and two, were also positive for COVID. My disabled mother, my younger brother Uh, I found out that my other brother in a a different household, his pregnant wife, my two-year-old nephew, we were all positive. My extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, Mm.
9: uh, were all tested positive.
10: Um, I didn't know any of their condition when I was in the hospital, um, which was a a very difficult thing to process.
9: Well, and I know you were very sick. You know, with, with your father, I know you decided to quarantine together. You both found out you had the virus, so the two of you decided to quarantine together. And then, you know, as we know with this horrible virus, a few days later, some people get better and some turn for the worse. You got so sick. You had to call 911. Paramedics came. And, and I know that was the last time you saw your father. What did you say to him?
10: Um, so when I was calling 911, um, my father used all of his energy to sit up in bed. Uh, mind you, he, he, he couldn't even move himself. Um, and he over any me in Spanish mi hijo estas bien which translates to son are you okay and uh, the last thing i ever told my father and then my father ever saw me was me suffocating and me telling my father um, that i don't think i'm going to make it and uh, those were my last words to my dad
9: I am I am so sorry and of course and he he did not I mean I, I I know Richard people want to understand what happened I mean I know your family didn't have a big party you didn't have some single event where you you know everybody anybody was violating anything uh, that would have caused 28 people to get sick at once um, that it sort of happened uh, bit by bit I mean how do you think the virus spread uh, around your family
10: um so I I know there's a lot of misinformation out there my family were gathered we actually follow up uh, protocol and guidelines. Um, I just believe that it happened through minimal contact and it happened to, uh, because we had three visitations uh, where my father uh, was, I believe, infected, but wasn't showing symptoms yet. Um, one of which was the people that came by to pick up gardening tools. Uh, he was here for no, no more than 10 minutes and no, no less than five. They um, had a brief conversation Neither of them were wearing masks and I believe that if my father was infected um, at that point, having that, that small conversation and feeling comfortable um, led to my uncle taking it to his household. Um, I have my aunt who's a caretaker of my disabled mother. Um, same thing, uh, she's found my mom and my dad and I believe that my father uh, had an interaction with her and potentially infected her um, and without my father knowing that he was contagious. Um, and then an aunt who happened to be here two two weeks prior to my father's passing, or three weeks prior to my father's passing, um, because I had we had just lost our aunt, uh, which is mom's sister, um, to a non COVID related illness, and she was here grieving with my mother and was around my father as well. Um, so that's three separate households.
9: Well, I think it just, it just, I hope powerfully explains to people how small, minimal contact um, can, can do this as, as, so people don't get complacent. I am, Richard, glad you are better. I am so sorry for your loss uh, and, and for your family's loss, uh, the loss of your father. Please Thank be you. well.
10: Um, I did want to share something with everyone that is listening. Yes. Um, I didn't want my father's death to be in vain. I didn't want my father to just be another COVID statistic. And uh, I, this is why I'm spreading awareness because um, if my, through my father's death and our suffering um, we can save one life or, or hundreds or thousands, um, then my father didn't die in vain. And I just hope that people can um, hear this message. Um, and I, I just want to say God bless you to everyone that um, that has been supporting us and that that have been here for us.
9: I hope people do hear it, and I think some will. I know it's it's not easy to talk about it, but. I think you will make a difference for some, and and thank you, Richard.
0: All Music Radio, Washington D.C. We're talking about coronavirus opening too soon, and obviously that is the case. Look at uh, look look at what what's been happening. So you know, uh, you got people who aren't taking serious. They don't wear masks. Uh, They aren't mandated to wear masks And you just can't rely on people Just using common sense You're always going to have Those few people Who are not going to do it And those few people Infect a whole lot of people There were 100 students from Loudoun County, Virginia That went to a beach party And they all came back Infected with coronavirus For each One infection Infection can potentially infect 84. So those 100 kids can literally impact 8,400 people because no social distancing, no mask. So I don't know what one could expect when that happens. Wear your mask, maintain social distancing, And go out when you only need to Not just go out for the sake Because you're tired of being in the house I mean this is serious This is very serious And Like anything else A lot of people A lot of places A lot of states opened up too early For the sake of the economy And now they have to make They have to reverse their decisions Foolish 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 On all music radio We'll we'll be right back after this word
1: You are a blessing today, and be someone else's blessing too. Playing music that encourages you to live by faith and not by fear. All Music Radio. Pastor Rance Allen. The station for the lost but loved, for the free and forgiven. Playing music that encourages you to live by faith and not by fear. All Music Radio.
0: All right, we're back on Music Radio. Today's uh, podcast topic, Coronavirus. We open too soon. Hey, the numbers suggested on their own. 45,000 cases in one day? It's, you know, we're going to probably be over 200,000 in the next couple of months. Pretty easy. Maybe three or four, or maybe even half a million at the rate we're going we, we have to turn the corner And they say well more testing I don't think uh, a lot comes from testing uh, I, I think a lot of numbers Coming from the spread of, From those who are, who haven't been tested And perhaps are spreading it Because they don't know they have it Even though they don't have any symptoms We just urge you on our music radio Use common sense Wear masks, mask, wash your hands And maintain social distancing That's our thought on it Thank you for listening You can listen to our radio station at www.allmusicradio.org Hit the listen button on 24 hours 7 days a week, 365 a year You can catch our podcast on Spreaker.com as well as Facebook All Music Radio Podcasting Thank you, we love you Peace, joy and happiness If you'd like to, to support our station you can do it through cash at at dollar sign Mike M I K E 0652. Dollar sign Mike M I K E 0652 on Cash App. We love you. We would appreciate it. We just want to stay on the air and provide as much information as we can uh, on All Music Radio podcasts. sponsored by All Music Radio, coming to you live from Washington, D.C. Thank you. Love, peace, joy, and happiness, and be safe on All Music Radio.